and welcome to DM's Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons & Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. With me, joining me for an early session after a night of uh, surprises and revelry, it's Rob. Rob, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing all right. I'm tired and emotional this morning. Yes. Just for context, we're recording this the morning after a very surprising Eurovision, which I think majority of my social feeds ended up being, wait, what? Yeah. What? And then few. <laughs> so we it's been a very interesting time here in the UK, but uh it's been a while since I've actually got into Eurovision. And so it was quite exciting to be for once on the receiving end going, oh, we're doing okay. Oh, we're doing very well. How has it yeah. happened? Yeah. And it was also the FA Cup final as well, which I watched before Eurovision. So it was a very so long you, day. You had, you had a very, very long day. day. <laughs> you had a very long day. Yeah. It all been well with you, Rob? Or, you know, how's yes. your RPG stuff going? Quite quiet at the moment. I am, um, what am I doing at the moment? I am playing Dark Ship, which is a mothership slash Cthulhu dark hat, which is Ooh. good fun. Very, very cool. violent, very bloody. Playing English Eerie remotely, which is a letter writing slash journal ghost game, doing that remotely with a friend. And that's a lot of fun. And that's about it. Hopefully launching a Tollless game very soon. How about you? How are your adventures in Dungeons and or Dragons? And or Dragons. I'm doing all right. Yes, we I have currently two uh, Dungeons and Dragons games ongoing. I've got my regular sort of Monday one, which is pretty much towards the end. We're like level 19, got the big battle. It's looming ahead of us. And I kind of don't know what we're going to do as a, a usual, you know, I'm not one mm. planning. But as soon as that's done, then I'm, we're going to have a, I think maybe a little break before we jump back into a Strahd campaign that I started a little while ago. And people seem keen to carry on with that, which is cool. Nice. The other one is a homebrew one that we do from time to time uh, called Pantheon, who with a couple of people who've been on this podcast. And that essentially is we have five people who have all been like GMs at some point. And then for each couple of levels, one person GMs, and then we rotate and it's the next person and it's all to do with the story and stuff. And it's been really, really fun. But we do seem to have broken the world again uh, right at the beginning. So it's, it's two world ending stuff happening at different levels. So that's been quite fun as well. And, and other RPG stuff, I've, uh, there's a, if I point to it, uh, obviously, this is I have a two piles of reading. What, one is RPG, uh, like what am I rolling stuff? And one is D&D stuff, which is wonderful, actually. And I'm, I'm glad wow. I get to do that stuff. Yeah. So two little piles of PDFs just waiting for me over there. Are they printed out? Yeah. Because uh, is that why tuition of- fees are now nine and a half grand a year? Yeah, so it's, it's all down to me. Uh, it's all printering. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all printering. But enough about extortionate printer inks and other RPGs. Rob, what is our topic today? What is our setting that we're looking at today? So we've been a little bit weird recently whenever I've been on the show. We've done Tolus, we've done Modrons and Planescape, we've done Al-Kadim. So we're going old school here. We're going to the Forgotten Realms. We're going to mm-hmm. Faerun. Uh, we're going to the great city of Waterdeep, and then there's the camera pans across Game of Thrones style. Da, 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 da. Da, da, it then sort of focuses on a sewer and then goes below, and we're in to Undermountain below. And we're yes. covering the classic 1990s, I think 1992, maybe in one supplement, The Ruins of Undermountain, mm, yes. uh, which is something I've wanted to talk about for a while. I think I've been badgering you about this um, <laughs> by Ed Greenwood. Wonderful, just almost a source book about one of the dungeons. You know, it's a game called Dungeons and Dragons. You need the dungeons. Very few dragons in Undermountain, but um, if any. But yes, the ruins of Undermountain. It's been described as the Uber dungeon, essentially. This idea that, yeah, where are you going? You're going underground and you're going to stay there for a very, very long time. It's really interesting. Uh, I'll admit, we found out this <laughs> very recently, reading through this, and I was like, I'm sure I've heard of this place before. And then I looked on my D&D Beyond, and I was like, oh, Dragon Heist, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. That's, oh, Rob, have you heard of this one? <laughs> and so, yeah, so if you're not au fait with the original campaign settings, like I am not, um, you can read about it if you've got D&D Beyond, and you want to see a, a full-on adventure set in Undermountain, that's Dragon High's Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which I'm sure we can talk about briefly. But no, this is the original campaign setting, the box set we're looking at, the first one, because of course there were several box sets for this and several adventure modules, so this is the one that sort of sets out and lays out what Dungeon Mountain is, what the Uber Dungeon Undermountain is, which yes. I'm very excited for. Yeah, and it's very, I, it's, I didn't realise it was a 5e rendition of it, so I'd be interested to see the difference because this is, you talk about your game and you talk about your being level 19, 18, 19, mm. this is the dungeon for these people. Mm. This is vicious, it's 
an interesting dungeon because its setup is that it is a, oh, obviously it's artificial, but it was created by a mad wizard, Halister, who seems to have created it for reasons really only known to himself. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't have a focus in a way. It's not his citadel. It's not his, um, it's almost like a proving ground more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of just his own amusement to watch adventurers come in here and see yes. what they do. And I think that's kind of the key to it. So it's a very strange dungeon in that it's not natural. Mm. It suffers a little bit from the dungeon zoo approach where in one room you will find a beholder and then the next room you'll find 20 kobolds and you'll think, <laughs> hang on, why? That, that's what's, the, what's the relation? Yeah, yeah. Well, why are these people? But that's because Hallister has made this to... Yeah, to test people. He has mm. portals and gates all over the place, bringing in monsters from different planes. Yeah. Um, it's the classic 1991 thing of saying, oh, if you want to use all of the content, you also need to buy uh, the Spelljammer box set and yes. the Ravenloft box set, which is, you know, there's a reason TSR were business people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on the mountain, it's been underwater deep under the mountain before Waterdeep was even a, a city. So I think most people who've played in a Forgotten Realms game have been to Waterdeep. Waterdeep's still the place to be, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know. You're the 5e expert. <laughs> it is definitely the one of the capitals, one of the big cities of trade. And so, again, looking at it from the 5e perspective, they've, in the last couple of years, there's been two sort of modules based in Waterdeep, which is Dragon Heist, which <laughs> were really early on urban adventure where you know you have all these sort of guilds and you you know it's a you know, heist etc really really exciting so that was like early levels and then they said if you want to continue this you could with dragon heist dungeon of the mad mage which was level six to twenty so yeah again right. you're like ah I see where we're going now. So it was that sort of it was almost like a two-parter, and it kind of made sense. I, again, I will yes. say this: I've not read a lot of Dragon Heist, but I, I assume at the end of it there is some connection. Going, oh well, we've got to go go to ground. We've got to go really underground to under mountain. What's that? Right. And then you turn the page. It goes, Waterdeep will return in. Nice. <laughs> yeah, like I assume. Exactly. Yeah. No, and that makes sense. I think that's sort of the through line because in the original. So just to explain this box set was a classic TSR sort of thin box, came with two books, one a a shorter book of adventures, which we'll go through in a minute, (laughs) then the main sort of paperback book, which was triple columned text Bombard. not a huge uh. part some are but yeah Fiona uh, grows in theatrically and that is the the descriptions a load of cards which were almost like Dungeon Master self, uh, self-help uh, help cards These you would, would be have, in this dungeon yeah. yeah it really would be these have things that we're quite used to in, in modern game design of a table of dungeon items what do you find you find yes. an adventurer pointing north you know kind of thing or you know traps a uh, list of yes. traps and there's a lot of traps in this. If you are a trap DM, Wonder Mountain is for you. Also came with pages punched of monsters, which you were to add to your monster manual when it was a big portfolio ring binder. Mm. And those monsters are vicious, horrible, horrible things. A lot of beholders, uh, death yeah. tyrants, which yes, are the undead t- beholders, which terrifying things. They are awful, yes. Yeah. So you've got a lot of... Oh, and then the maps. That's why I thought you were going towards the maps. Sorry. <laughs> and then the maps. The four maps, four paper maps, huge things. I used to just put them out on my floor as a kid and look at them mm-hmm. and imagine the adventures that we would never play. Um, and these are amazing. These are incredible detail you've got the first level yep. second level yep. and then third level split into two two because it's that big yeah absolutely yeah. and yeah and I appreciate it's very hard to imagine when we're talking about it's a big dungeon just google ruins yeah. of Undermountain maps and it is like Obviously, it would be a big back end but the mount, when I saw it, I, I had to send you a picture, even though you knew it. I was like, holy shit, there is so many rooms. And and it, it, what's interesting, again, in the campaign guide, it doesn't have like what we have nowadays. We're like, here's the map of it, and then reference it to it. You'd have to get the big map and look back and forth between two yes. individual things. It just kind of just says, here's where you start at the uh, yawning portal entrance. And then have a look and you're like, oh my God. Like, so yeah, as I can imagine like, yeah, like he said, like pouring over it, like when you're mm. prepping for this adventure, just to make sure where you are, because it is vast. Yeah. It is very exciting actually, because you're like, God, yeah. how do all these things map up and stuff like that? And how would you mm. show that to your players and all that sort of thing? 
Yeah, and it's an incredible creative endeavour because you put it out and, yeah, they, they, they were poster size, so 21 inches by 31 inches. So go get your tape measures if you're a cool Warhammer player. Um, <laughs> I haven't worked that out, but each of these maps is detailed to a point in that mm. how they've done it, and I'm a big fan of this, is on every floor there are what are called core rooms, and these are numbered, and it will say these are rooms that we have defined. And we'll go through a couple of them for fun. Then there's letters all over the place. And these are more areas of interest. And these are more like events than rooms. So it might yes. be you find a, you go around a corner and there's a goblin. And the goblin is crouched over a coin and the goblin runs off. And so obviously your adventures pick up the coin. And actually the coin is a flame trap and they all get covered in fire. Um, <laughs> it's just dungeon. But um, so you've got the core rooms, which have pretty detailed areas of interest which kind of can be moved around actually mm. they're more like here are some events to happen but this is where yes. we would put them in the dungeon mm. and then there is probably triple the amount of empty rooms yes and they're for you and it literally says fill these stock these how you want them to be stocked take the inspiration of what we've done and fill these mm-hmm. and it's huge it's absolutely massive mm-hmm. i think the only time i ever ran it for my friends, and we'll explain one of the difficulties of running it in a moment. We got from the entrance, which we'll talk about under the yawning portal off mm-hmm. of the book, probably, I think I detailed probably a radius of about 10 rooms around it. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as we got. Yeah. And that is nothing. But it's like you've completed 2% of this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when you press save and it's like, okay, you're not even 2%, you're all 0.02%. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh my God. And yeah, and the other thing I wanted to remark on is that, yeah, it's it opens it so much to DMs and it's it does read like that as well. And it, again, one of these great things about classic uh, TSR books is that it's read, you can read in a way that's a bit of a, a narrative again, which we'll go into, but also, it, you know, it, so it has a character's voice, but also it just says, okay, at the beginning, it's like, so you may feel overwhelmed and that's mm. understandable, blah, 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 blah. But hey, take it, you know, don't read it all. All at once take your time yeah. also the each of these levels because there's only three levels detailed in this particular box set they're open at the end and you can see on the maps it sort of goes off and it goes to other bits of the dungeon so that could be other entrances and exits or that could lead to a different dungeon of your own and i just thought that was so cool because again to get yeah. from layer to layer as we'll discuss probably as well there are portals there are tunnels etc but the fact is that it's not bound like you don't yeah. constantly go oh you keep turning left oh it's a dead end oh it's a dead end oh it's a dead end it keeps going I think that's something that works in its favour, but it's also something that doesn't work in its favour because I can imagine at some point there were players go, oh my God, I'd give it up. <laughs> let's just go back to the Yorley portal, get Durant to carry us up and have a drink and let's think about this again. So, yeah. yeah. It, yes. A lot of the book is dedicated to getting in and out of Undermountain. This is, there's a whole beginning section where it's like, well, how do you get down there? And actually it's very easy to get in. And there's the traditional ways. If you go deep enough in the sewers of Waterdeep, you'll find an entrance. There is the tourist way, which you've just skirted on, which is the yawning portal, which yes. is, yeah, as everyone knows, big tavern with a well in the centre of it. And you, for a gold coin, I think it is, you get lowered down. The patrons all, you know, give you last rites and everything. And they cheer, and like, way, cheer, you know. yeah. <laughs> not coming back. <laughs> not coming back, yeah, you get lowered down into a sandy pit. And that's where your adventure can begin. That's sort of, I think that's the tourist way down. Mm. Um, because in a way, the most detailed rooms are all around where you enter there. However, it also goes into great detail about gates um, because Undermountain is full of gates and it's in italics, which is what I'm trying to say like that. Um, And these are (laughs) portals, teleporters, various ways of moving. And these can go from level to level within Undermountain. And it does say that. It says if your adventures are getting bored, say you're level 10 and you're easy, have them step through a gate. And now they're at level 17 of Undermountain. Good luck. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck. But it can also transport you to a different plane. There's rumours some gates lead to tops of mountains. Yes. Um, because Halister, as I was saying, uses these gates to bring in monsters to stock his dungeon. Mm-hmm. So these are gates that can send you to Spelljammer, they can send you to Planescape, they can mm-hmm. send you to Ravenloft, and the other way around. Mm-hmm. If you really want to mess with your players and they are, you know, they've done everything they can do in the lands of fate in Al Qaim and they step through a gate next thing they know they're in on the mountain and they yeah. are very far away from home and having to find that because they, they might not even realize they're under, under, under yeah. mountain until they fight their way back up and they go where are we there? oh welcome to Waterdeep, the city of splendor yeah. where are you from <laughs> like, yeah absolutely so it's it, in a way it's almost its own plane of existence of people coming in and out 
And I think that is really a strength of it in that it is a world unto itself. It talks about Tolus and how it's got underground market. Mm. A big feature of Under Mountain is Skullport. Skullport, yes. Which, uh, do you want to explain Skullport? I'll explain it very, very briefly, but imagine mm. as if you wanted to have, a, well, it is, it is a smuggling sort of pirate tavern-esque sort of thing where that's where the majority of smuggling came into Waterdeep. So you could go down there. I can't remember which level or roundabout level it is. Oh, it is on level three. Yeah, so, low. So that again, as an adventure hook, if you like, rather than like, oh, we just want to see what's down there and what out of purpose, maybe you are given, you know, you need to go give payment to somebody who's in Skullport or like retrieve a magical item. So having to fight three levels down there, but then get lost on the way or get stuck at Skullport and get back as well. Yeah, very cool. And of course, there's a big river on level three as well. And so you've got yeah different environments as you go down there as well. And I just want to quickly mention, because you did mention Spelljammer there. Mm. So in Dungeon of the Mad Mage, and this is the big difference between this, obviously, box set, the sort of ruins of Undermountain and Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Dungeon of the Mad Mage is a complete adventure setting. So it completely outlines all... It's 24, right? Because it's nine mm-hmm. normal, nine big got, levels. I never got that deep. There you go, fair enough. <laughs> nine, so there's nine big levels, sort of main levels, and there's 14 sub-levels, which don't cover as big a thing, but it means you can go down, go back up, etc., and they all connect into each other. One of the levels that's detailed in Dungeon of the Mad Mage is just in space. It is, yeah, and you can, it's like almost spell jammer-esque. So it's interesting that even back then when it was like four years ago, it's details, hey, you could go to space. And there's obviously mentions of mind flares, uh, the gift, all that sort of thing. So again, in Dungeon Man Rage, it has a few more adventure hooks that you could do for that. But the fact is that you could just go and go, wait, we're, we're not underground anymore. We're in space as one whole level. And that's like, I think that's level 16 or 17. And that's kind of bonkers in the way that, because yeah. then that's sort of, you're messing around with the metaphysics of it and that goes back to the portal stuff. So with the portals and stuff, I just wanted to mention this idea of magical conditions. There's this whole sort of thing of like, when you get into Undermountain, you don't want to be like, okay, I just want to teleport to the next level and next level. You don't want to fast travel per se. So there's definite deliberate conditions to stop that. In Dungeon of the Mad Mage, what happens is that every time you go through a gate or a portal, a sigil comes up and it's this Hallister's thing of making, there's a boon and a bane essentially, and you would roll for it. And again, it's another big table and stuff like that. So that (laughs) means you can give stuff to the first person that goes through and it could be really bad really good and obviously the players will see this and maybe work out after a while like oh it's the first person so it definitely says in the book uh fuck with them and make it the second person or third person and so because it obviously trying to get stuff and realize what it is and make notes of it so that's another so that's what they sort of added to it like rather than just like you're stuck here they said that there's unattended side effects which could be good and bad for your players as they traverse through more on the mountain and going through more of these gates which i really like yeah so i think that adventure basically pulls from a supplement called um stardock which mm-hmm. was, yes. it is a second ed one, yeah, Star Underbounce and Stardog, yes. which is brilliant because, yeah, I think the sigil thing is an important thing to latch onto because this is really dangerous. Undermountain is extremely dangerous. It's extremely confusing. But here's the other thing. Hallister created this, arguably, for his own entertainment. Mm. And in a way, he also wants people to come down and yes. explore it. It's not Tomb of Horrors level of, no. oh, you're dead now. Yeah. You know, oh, don't put your hand in there. You're dead. Um, yeah. yeah. It's very, I don't want to say fair. It's not fair. No. But it's not cruel. It's a dungeon that you can think about and explore. And there'll be times that you have to accept okay, if we step through this gate, we don't know where we're going to end up, but let's prepare mm. for that. Yes. Or, you know, I'm going to go touch this statue. Let's get ready for it to come alive. And there's a lot in the Coriol rooms that I like because they are how I run dungeons where there are rooms of statues mm. and they're just statues. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. There's, there's a throne, like a Conan-esque mm. throne with a body on it. Body's not going to come alive. No. You know, and I love that because your players won't think that. And there's like, um, a, like, there's like a citadel, like the Beads Guild were in at some point, and, it's, yeah. and obviously there's more stuff that's taken over it now, but you're like, just in the middle of nowhere, all that sort of thing was quite cool. One thing I'd say, actually, on that as well, So, and this is definitely more of a fifth edition thing. Right. So as you said, the further down you go, it's more and more monsters, it's you know, yeah. less likely to be have interrupted rests and stuff like that. What they've done... Oh, rests. I know. <laughs> they, they might want to... 
what they've done is that so and again we've not really touched on the history of this but we will so no. we'll do one of the apprentices who has sort of been around here maybe wants to use the players to get get one up on Hallister so what she will do if they're about to go for a gate they will hear they'll get a message saying no go back you're not strong enough yet indicated <laughs> to them that you need a couple of levels stuff but but this is an optional thing the DM could be like yeah sure go for it but I like the idea if you're worried that your players are just going to get completely wiped out because they found on level to the portal, the gate that goes down to, as you said, 16, 17 level, you could just go, oh, it doesn't work. Or, yeah. oh, you hear this thing. And again, into the narrative story. Whereas obviously in the original uh, Ruins of Undermountain, you're like, best of luck. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> you have have to rush back <laughs> if you need to. So yeah. I quite I mean, like I that just, story narrative in there. No, that's funny. I think to be fair, in the book, I think as a GM, there are lots of warnings. When you go, when you are lowered down into the uh, from the awning portal, the first room you hit is just covered in shields of various adventurers who've been down there. And then the moment you step into the next room, there's like dead adventurers. Yeah. Like it's literally just like done. Yeah, be ready. You know, be ready. And I think that'd be quite fun if you got lowered down. And then, like ten minutes later, just pulled on the rope again and Hello. got pulled back. I'm coming back on it. And it's very, as I say, it's dangerous. No, it's not fair, but it's not cruel. And it sounds like five years added a bit more, kind of just you know. Just be careful down here. Yeah, and just because I think because people get so attached to their characters, and because you put so much work into getting up to, you know, it it feels very much like a Dark Souls, Elden Ring kind mm. of thing, where you you know you, there's only so much you can go down there and keep getting beaten and yeah. then dying. Because obviously, you know, depending on your DM, death can be quite sudden and quite quick, etc. For D and D, if you're playing it like that, so giving them a chance to be like. Are you sure you want to do this? Because yeah. then you think like, rather than like, well, I, my character would do this. You think to yourself, hmm, oh, let's go back a couple of rooms and let's yeah. put up a defense and let's think about it a little bit. Maybe till next session and we'll do yeah. that as well. You talk about rests and stuff like that. And I think that is important because this is a perfect dungeon to talk about logistics of dungeoneering because we don't think about this enough, I don't think. I think no. it's very easy to think, right, well, we'll go down into a dungeon and we'll have a spell of perpetual light and uh, a spell of perpetual food and a spell of perpetual water. Mm-hmm. And it becomes very like, okay, so you're just on holiday. You're just going for yeah. a job. <laughs> and I think that, that you lose a lot of dungeon adventuring if you do that because... Yeah. Yes, sometimes you don't want you don't want to be tracking lamp fuel and stuff like that, but you want your players to think about it because if you think in the real world, if you go for a walk, you go for a hike, if you go unprepared, you're going to go in trouble. You're in trouble, right? Think about it like that. If you really want to just have it, just think, okay, if I'm going on a hike, I've got to prepare myself. Same with the dungeon. And yes, your players are going to have magical abilities that we don't have access to, but they've got to have them going. And Undermounted is that example of to death in D and D. Someone gets stabbed, they die, cool, we'll drag them to the temple. Okay, but if you're on level five, yeah, think about dragging that body, you know, like that. And the next time you get attacked, what are you going to do with the body? And if you have to flip, like, there's ways I feel like, D&D, I don't think it's a five year problem. I think this is from the dawn of time. There's almost mm. an abstraction of, okay, we'll do this, we'll do this, we'll do this without thinking, actually, you've got a lot of stuff on you at the moment. You know, you've yes. got doorways and you're using a spear to get through. And I think Undermount is a really good time to explore almost an OSR style of play of, okay, I know we always joke about marching order kind of thing, but really make that important. Really say who is going through that door first? Mm-hmm. Who is prodding their way? You're about to walk into an area of perpetual darkness. Who's going to be doing that? And I think what's really fun as well is there are null zones of magic. Yes. have made these particular groups where magic stops. It's interesting because if you cast a spell in it, it won't work. You don't lose it. No. But it doesn't work. It delays, in fact. So it might happen when you step out of it, mm. um, which is a problem if you cast Fireball and you weren't prepared right. for it. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Party, party wipe. Um, <laughs> and I think if you do that, if you enter a zone with null magic, I think that's going to make all your players think, not just the wizards. Mm. But if you go, all right, all your magic items have just stopped. You yeah. know, you're lamp of perpetual flame i don't know if that's a thing it sounds like it would be that's not working now yeah uh, your bag of holding is shut you can't get into your bag yes. of holding. yeah what are you gonna do you know like i'm not in a haha i've trapped you and i'm gonna wipe you out but just suddenly your level eight adventurers 
have just lost a lot of their tricks. Mm, and... Yeah, if they're defending on those items, and you yeah. have monsters who are coming from other planes that are resistant to normal kinds of damage, and yeah, and it's just yeah, and I I love that idea that then it, it you like you said you don't lose the item, you don't like as soon as you go into it, your bag of holding just becomes a normal bag, and all your shit falls out everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? That's where I oh, no. the oh, it. oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> Whose sandwiches are these? You know, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's interesting because again, the magic conditions, like you said, so you got the magic dead places, mm-hmm. the lack of like portaling in and out, all that sort of thing. It feels like you said unfair, but not cruel. It's not like oh, it, it just doesn't work, and you use a spell slot, and none of this yeah. works ever again. It's like these are just areas like like losing signal. You know, you'll get it it's back exactly. at some point, but you're yeah. not you're not losing, and yeah. you don't lose. And all your text. messages will hit at once. Like, yeah. Where are you? Where are you? I'm waiting for you. I'm like, I'm on yeah. the tube. Oh yeah, classic. Classic, classic. Yeah, and I think that's fun because that really is a new way to challenge your players who maybe have got a bit bored of, yes. oh, look, orcs, slap, slap, slap. Now it becomes, okay, how good are you? You know, how really now you're down to your feats and your abilities and your plus four long sword is now just a sword. Sword, yeah. Good luck. You know, and I think that's a lot of fun because that's that way of... I think D&D suffers when you just start piling on baddies because you've got to, because you've got to up the challenge rating. So it becomes six beholders instead of one. It all becomes very silly in a way. I think if you just bring the players down a bit, suddenly a rust monster becomes terrifying because all your magic has stopped working. And Undermountain is that perfect example for that because you don't even need to explain. You don't need even to say, why is this level got no magic on it? Because Halister is mad. Yeah. He set it up because he wanted to, you know, and it is just a case of everything is, you've got to worry, you've got to worry about everything. And in a way, there being areas with nothing to worry about will just be as scary because yeah. you don't know if those two statues at the end of a room, they might not come to life, but the space between them might be a gate. Yeah. And for all they know, a mind flayer is going to walk through there in the next minute. So you really are worried the whole, you're on edge and you should keep, in a way, I think Under Mountain works as a horror game. It mm-hmm. works as one of those um, those walking things through a zombie place where people jump out at you and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. almost want to keep your players on their toes throughout it. It really is a, yeah, you can rest at points, but if you rest, you've got to blockade the doors. You've got to check there isn't a gate in here. Mm-hmm. You've got to check there isn't a teleport in here. You really have to think about this and really settle down kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good new way to practice player skill over yeah. uh, character skill really get your players thinking mm. how would i survive in a dungeon like this how would i this is rainier's extreme survival <laughs> dnd style <laughs> you know i love that that's awesome let's talk a little bit because i know we've sort of danced around a little bit yes. let's talk about the history of under mountain like how did okay. it come to be uh, i guess a quick potted history because yes. there is so much to it but it's yeah. like you said it, it surrounds this sort of this wizard halister black cloak and his seven apprentices i wonder if we could just chat quickly about that yeah. so, so from what i understand and i'm sure you'll correct me if i'm wrong so halister came many many moons ago with his apprentices to set up his tower here before Warsty was a huge city and so he would build he built his tower and his seven apprentices were sort of around it doing sort of thing and they saw less and less of his master of their master sorry mm-hmm. until a point where they go with checking the tower and he's not there anymore and they just find a huge hole in the ground and so they follow him into what becomes under mountain and various mm-hmm. two of them die one of them in this book leaves uh, and that's how we get these records of what under mountain is although that same apprentice in fifth edition tries to leave and is captured and brought back and oh, so okay. and she is the one who contacts the players to be like don't go there yet wait listen all right. that sort of thing so that's the difference there but Halaster digs digs and digs making these levels like you said bringing different monsters from different planes and stuff like that he hits on several two mithril sort of mines that the dwarves and the drow are sort of fighting over mm. sorry the duragar even are fighting over and the duragar eventually just go we've used all the mithril we're leaving bye <laughs> bye see you later <laughs> bye see you later the drow is still there and then there's this thing um which again depends on how much you would use this sort of terminology i would i was suggesting this but there is something called the halister hunt which is sort of referred to uh basically house just went on a mad killing spree of mm-hmm. all the drow which isn't great 
you want to leave that out, that's totally fine. But <laughs> he does capture quite a number of them and tortures them and uses them for his own experiments and using them to fill his dungeon in a certain way. And then finally gets down to his level where he goes, yes. This is this is great. In the Dungeon of the Bad Mage, what's interesting is that you've got all these other sort of factions and stuff, and he actually gets given sort of different goals that you could uh, you could be like, this is what he wants in this adventure. So similar to how Dragon Heist was like, here are the number of the guilds, here's the baddie for this season, if you want to play it like that. So he's got something like cleaning house, so whenever the adventurers come down, he wants you to sort of clean out bits of the dungeon that he wants to restock, <laughs> which I love. As yeah. he's like, oh, could you just... Levels three and like uh, yes. elf just gives you a list. Dessert. Yeah, there's, exactly. a, there's a, a spill in aisle five, exactly. but aisle five is actually behold the nest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which I love. <laughs> could you imagine if you did like a PA system? Ding dong. Uh, ding dong. Could remember? Could remember the adventuring guild? Please attend to the goblin infestation. Ding dong on, on level seventy. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Have, have a magical day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, HP and- source is half price. <laughs> that, oh, that would be great. I that's love really that. Um, so, and he, he's very aware of like the Githyanki and the Mind Flayers. There's a conflict there, so maybe he wants you to go do that. Uh, there's a Lich somewhere on level 20 that he wants you to go sort out, perhaps, because like that's like a big confrontation to his power. Maybe he just wants to strike fear into the hearts of the heroes. Like, they come down here, they think he's dead. Because at one point, he creates a clone of himself to, that gets diseased and he sends it up towards Deep to be like, oh no, it looks like Halaster has died. But has he, you know, sending all these rumors? Maybe he wants to become a Shadow Lord and have a whole story about the Shadow Dusks, you know, trying to, you know, who live in sort of the Under Mountain. Maybe he wants to find a new apprentice. In Under Mountain, the ruins of Under Mountain, there's only five sort of named apprentices mm. with two of them have already died. And yeah. each one of them has, certainly there's like three of them that are sort of more key to it, which makes sense. And then there's just one, um, oh, I can't remember what he's called now, but there's just one that's just like undead and it's just yeah. like a skull and it's just like, hello. <laughs> and, that, that, and that's like one line in that. That's, that's interesting because I think that is a riff on one of the encounters that's um, outlined in Under Mountains, there was a room with a skull. He was a cleric who was so annoying that <laughs> he had his head cut off and his yes. head continued to talk. And someone stole his head and got got annoyed with him and just put him on a table. So you do encounter him later and he becomes just this annoying NPC that eventually your players will give up. So I wonder yes. if they sort of riffed off that. Probably, and, um, yeah. Nesta, yeah, Nesta, that Nesta, person's yeah. which I think is great. And yeah, Nesta's, again, and so yeah, you have like the one uh, apprentice, Arturia, who is ambitious, but she also wants to marry Halliston. You're like, really? <laughs> uh, okay. But she does experiments on herself to make herself look beautiful. So this idea that a very beautiful woman, but then she's got like almost like a nip tuck, sort of like tape and whatnot behind her. Yeah. Can't smile. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Mural, uh, who is was a bodyguard, but really got into like spiders and drow, and has become uh, a drider essentially, which is awful. Again, you just yeah. see that coming out of the darkness towards you. Uh, and you got the metal mage, whose name I haven't got down here, but he is sort of. I <laughs> know he's got he's like corpse of, paint on and stuff. It's like yeah, the metal, the metal oh mage. Um, he doesn't like uh, a direct combat, but he he helps out Halister. So they're sort of on the same level. So that could be like a big rival as well. And he's the sort of person that has made guardians. So those helmed horrors and iron golems that maybe on his level, you're like, oh, you're getting close to this guy. So those mm-hmm. are the main main ones. And then Kestrel Harp, uh, Harp, sorry, she is the the one that escaped in ruins okay. of, of Undermountain, who's sort of able, it was, you know, these writings is where we sort of know a bit more about uh, Halaster, perhaps. But she, in this fifth edition one, she's sort of almost become like a living wish spell. And she is sort of helps or hinders these sort of characters in a certain way, because she, maybe she wants Halaster to be taken down so that she can then take over the dungeon herself. So again, okay. that's sort of like, I'm helping you. Am I helping yeah. you sort of thing? So yeah, and I just, there's in five different apprentices, you've got to add Nestor in there, because it's like, oh, we'll have... <laughs> one liner after that. What, yeah, that's really cool. I didn't realize they'd expanded it so much because, yeah, in the original box set, they, the apprentices are barely touched on, and mm. Halaster himself is barely touched on. He, mm. he is around. Maybe he is the lich already. Maybe he's become a lich. Yes. He does go around sorting bits out. It literally says he clears trapdoors and stuff if they get blocked. With I know. He doesn't send a minion to do it. He goes, yeah. he goes, oh, he goes who has left this door wedged? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sort of would, I would always, if I was to include Halaster in a game, Mm. Which I probably wouldn't, but if I was, I would definitely. There's a cross between Gandalf the Grey, that is most bumbling, 
yes. and Saruman the White. You want to have him as both incredibly dangerous, but also like you might just encounter him and he is just, he, it's the janitor. And you're like, oh, yeah, you sort that out. And then later on, you're like, hang on. Who the hell was that kind of thing? Um, yeah, it feels very much like Squid Games if you've watched that, Rob. Where you know, you, yes. yeah, you do, there's always games, and maybe you're you go through all these obstacles and all that sort of thing, and then you realise the person that's helped you along the way is yeah, in fact like, like, oh, this mate, yeah, he's having fun with you while you're walking around. Um, so that's interesting. That it sounds like Mad Mage has sort of added a lot more character to it because mm-hmm. the setting is very much here is the dungeon as a GM. You play with it. Yes. So that sounds like they've obviously given it much more of a fruit line and much more of a story. So mm, yeah. I suppose I guess- if that's what you want, if you want the narrative drive, Mad Mage is a good purchase. Yeah, I think, again, following off that back of Dragon Heist and get people into that mm-hmm. sort of thing, because, again, there's so much in terms of story there. I can imagine, like, here's an Uber dungeon. Why would you want to continue mm. down a horrible, horrible thing? Because as you, as we sort of mentioned around it, like, is most of it, all of this dungeon is pretty much unlit, because why would it need to be lit you know compared to traditional like oh there's sconces on the wall no yeah. nothing like that yeah. here so yeah. yeah it makes sense that hey there's a reason why you need to go down there whether that is going to like Skullport or whether you yeah. you get like a message saying like ah come adventurers uh, please there is a lich i need help with uh, yeah yours that's the black coat <laughs> yeah, i'll give you a really good magical weapon and he won't obviously exactly yeah no he won't at all what we didn't touch on yet is the adventure book that comes with it. Yes, yes. So you've got the setting book and you've got an adventure book and the adventures are, it's more hooks than anything else. Yes. And these are little ways in and out of Undermountain, sort of a touch towards why would you go down there? And just to give you an example of how dangerous Undermountain is, the first one, the ghost night, this is yes. how to get into Undermountain and they recommend party levels of 64. Yeah. So eight characters of eighth level. Eight characters. Eight characters. That, that's what you're expecting to play. I don't even know eight people. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's many... nine people you have to organise to sit yeah. down and do this game. <laughs> How many is Critical Role? Critical Role is like five, isn't it? No, it, 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 I think they're eight as well. But they, I mean, they're all actors that are trying tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and this is how to get into Undermountain. So to give you that some example of lethality, one of them, is the eye in the hand, is uh, party levels of 120, eight characters of 15th level. So, you know, these are really big ones. So basically the adventures are split into getting into Undermountain, yep. getting out of Undermountain <laughs> and stuff to do in Undermountain. And they're fun little, usually about three or four pages, yes. nice little ideas of what to do. And then a whole load of adventure hooks at the end. Mm. And they're worth a little read. I don't think there's a single adventure I would run as is. I don't think they're No, yeah. That, I think it's the, uh, the Iron Hand one, which is like, uh, there's like a lady of the night. And she's like, oh. Goes yes. and goes for the the most the male most handsome and most beguiled one, and then yes. stabs him. And you're just like, why can't it be just anyone, right? Rather yeah. than like, let's focus what on. What does like, it yeah. say now? She'll approach the handsomest or most eager male party member and block his way. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I would not be playing with that person. <laughs> I'd be like, no, please yeah, don't. No, That's no, a yeah. bard that comes in. It's like, yeah. oh, of course, it is me. Wait, I've been stabbed. Damn it. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> And that's and, and a lot of these are very old school adventures, yes. which aren't that much fun. Uh, the Ghost Knight, for example, is quite a fun setup. There is a, uh, a ghost walking around under deep, uh, under deep. Oh my god, water deep! And you sort of chase it, and you discover that he, this is a knight who fell into one of the many entrances of water deep and died. That's a cool setup. Really cool setup. Then there's a whole kind of you've got to get into a chamber, and there's a crossbow trap set up just to shoot people for no reason. Yeah. It's very like. And then the end, yeah, and then the end of that, there is a woman in stasis. But then if you fail the stasis thing, which is quite a high level as well, then yeah. you're trapped for four hundred years, and you're like, yeah. Right. Why? <laughs> now, now what do I do? Yeah, like, okay, great. Well, next session, we'll talk about what, whilst I work out the politics of what's happened in Water Street over the last 400 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like, like okay. again, I, for me, that my, tw- my twist on that would be like, it. You know, you're stuck for a couple of rounds, but the more people stuck, it's just suddenly, oh, the, the, the system overloads. And, and it's like, yeah. oh, all the energy's been stuck because it's not just one person that's, that's, that's powered in. It's several people using it. Because yeah. the, the idea is that the reason it runs out is because the, the magic has run out, the charges run out. And then you can have, because this person, again, is evil, you know, quotation marks. It's, it's like, oh, well, maybe you'll help me and all that sort of thing. So again, it's like you release somebody who's clearly been trapped for a long time, who then is in something like, I'm going to use you for my own benefit rather than what the fuck has happened? Yes. What year is this? The, yeah. the Jumanji, like, oh, 
<laughs> yeah. So I think the adventure book isn't the strength of the no. of the box set. It's worth a read just to get some ideas, and it, it um, okay. sort of highlights some NPCs and monsters and stuff. Um, yes. But I wouldn't. I don't think there's any in there that I went. That'd be really fun. More just. Oh, that's a chamber I could use, or that is an idea I could use. The value of this box set comes in the main guide. Because here's the other thing. If you're going to run, if you run dungeons a lot, Mm. I would probably for $5 pick up this PDF and just cut and paste the rooms that you want from this because there's some really fun rooms. There's some boring rooms, but there's a lot of very interesting rooms. Mm. Uh, Room 41 being the bone throne, obviously being the best one. (laughs) (laughs) You know know what? That's just a mention on that. Compared to 5th edition, which Mm. is just like, they say this is the X room, the pillar room, etc. Here, I've never seen this before where each of the rooms has like almost like a like a fun episode title yeah. so like uh, like room 15 books may furnish a room yeah. or the, the hall of the keeping kings or the yeah. hall of One, 100 one's called a merry meeting because you walk into this room and it's just got a hole in the floor and if you investigate it there's a nice dagger and then eight werebores jump out and attack you that's not merry but yeah it's very much a really if, if i was to use this book for 5e mm-hmm. i'd buy the pdf print out the core rooms bits and then cut them out with scissors and use them and like go, okay, I'm going to put this into my game, put this into this dungeon. It doesn't matter because of the nature of the mountain being very disparate. You can probably put these rooms into any setting. Agreed. And just put it wherever you want because there's just a lot of fun. And there's there's almost whole adventures in one room because you go, well, this is the room they need to get to, you know, five room dungeon and I will pick the last room to be the bone throne. I'm only saying that because it sounds quite funny. Um, and then you can you can decide on who sat on the throne, why, and stuff. And it really yeah. is a you don't need to be in the mountain or Faerun or Forgotten Realms to use this book. It's very yeah. much a here is dungeons, just loads of dungeons, loads of because people like charts to roll on. I'm an OSR player, so I love stocking a dungeon. But sometimes you can't be bothered, or you want those special rooms. You've got the room with the 10 orcs guarding a chest. And you've got the next room with 15 gnolls guarding a chest. And sometimes you want that weird room. Just pull, pull one up here. Roll, yeah. roll if you really wanted to. Roll with D66 and go, cool, I will use room 45. Okay. Exactly. And it's, again, it's each room, like certainly the more detailed rooms, they're no longer than a page of, or a couple of pages of the uh, Under, Under Mountain Adventures. For me, the only sort of issue I had with reading all the rooms is that the formatting wasn't great in the sense of like, I couldn't like pick out easily what, they'd have like a quick, as all D&D books now tend to have, like a quick description of what it is, but it was very hard to be like, so where's the trap? What's in this yeah. thing? You have to properly concentrate. But like yeah. you said, if you pick a room, like for example, you pick like room 61, eight heads are better than one. And then you read it for anybody. Okay, I can pick out those little bits. And then like you said, almost transplant it into something that you like. Then yeah, it, it totally makes sense to me. And yeah, so certainly in this core book, there's 70 core rooms over these yes. three levels. And then there is like, I think it's... Uh, 50 something uh, areas of interest yeah and like i said this is just the first three levels as well you're getting yeah. other uh getting the the second box set and stuff like that, which goes even to the deeper levels which i think is to do more with the dwarves and yeah. their halls that's when it gets weird the, the, yeah. this is the Bonkers. this is the normal yeah, this is normal yeah. <laughs> quotation marks this is normal so yeah. yeah it's i think what this has sort of made me realize and i again this is obvious to anyone that's read other previous settings and stuff and only something recently i think fifth edition is starting to do again mm. is like you have obviously the setting you have under mountain and then throughout the years say like, oh we're doing one product for under mountain oh and there's another one here's a module specific for the setting etc and then you go but what what's this spell jammer here's the first box set here's a couple of modules here's the second box set etc whereas what fifth edition is doing now really is like here's one book with everything and then here's another book with everything. I think only recently with the announcement of Spelljammer, where we're going to have three books as a, I, I assume as a box set, you know, that's sort of like, it's coming like this. I would hope that, I don't know, I'm in two minds about it. Like, I would hope that mean, that means that maybe they're going to do more stuff like that, that it's going to be like more books around a setting. But at mm. the same time, because we've got stuff like DMs Guild now where people are making so much homebrew stuff. Maybe they want to say, here is the core set, but yeah. go and make your you own stuff. It. I'm with two minds because in a way, I like collecting a whole setting. Yeah. And yeah, you couldn't yeah. do that in TSR days like, no. because they were releasing stuff faster than you could buy it. Right. But also I want more than just, here is the guide to... Ravenloft. How many books are there for Ravenloft in 5e officially? What's the official book? So there's so, two. 
I believe it's two. So we've got yeah. obviously Curse of Strahd, which is obviously yeah. the, the Ravenloft like adventure put in and updated, so to speak. And then mm-hmm. we have Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which is the right. basically it's like here are the dark powers and the dark realms and how, how you make your own. So yeah, so I think yes. what's gonna happen actually is we're gonna have mm-hmm. modules, we're gonna have like adventures, and then we're gonna have like source books, like how do you create your own domain of delight, yeah. or domain of despair, etc. I think that's and what's gonna happen now. Good, because yeah, one book isn't deed off, because yes, you can create your own, but you do uh, there is a joy. There's almost like a librarian archivist joy of finding these boxes all about one setting. So if you've got Forgotten Realms box, the old box, then you have the Waterdeep box, then you have the Undermountain box. That's a lot to get through. That's great. You can really go deep into that. And I think 5e, I can understand why they're going for lightly, lightly. They're going very much here is one book on this, one book on this, one book mm. on this. You, I can understand that. It makes sense. But I do want more, and I hope... The spell jam is the beginning of, as you say, of getting more. Because also, I do miss the deep dives. To use a very bad pun about a dungeon box set, <laughs> um, the deep dives are important because yeah. the texture of of, of Middle Earth. Oh my God, the texture of D D comes from this. If you play something like Baldur's Gate, we mentioned before we were recording, yeah. the level of just detail that goes into it makes the world feel more real. Yeah, and I think that's Absolutely. very important. And I think Undermount is good for that because you will. Every NPC in this is explained and talked about and given a backstory and usually yes. linked to something water deep. And that's brilliant. You can really, this is a project, you could spend a year on just Undermountain, doing relationship maps, working out who yeah. knows who, what their value is and what their politics are in water deep and really tie it together. Or as I say, use it as a box set. Just go, fuck it. This isn't even set in Faerun. This is set in my world. Mm. And I just really want to use the Bone Throne or the Hall of Skeletons <laughs> or the Black Helm Room. I'm just saying it. I, I, I'm going to make notes of these rooms so that when I play in a game with you, I'm like, I wonder where, ah, there it is. Yeah, the, there it is. There's room 25. <laughs> And just to quickly end on it, really. So, yes. yeah, I think the NPC stuff. So right at the beginning of the campaign guide to Undermountain, it talks about uh, the Yawning Portal and that, that <laughs> being... And, and this is a part of the history I've missed a bit, essentially. So when the Halaster's Castle, Halaster's Tower, sorry, sort of falls into ruin because he's mm. just gone underground and all his apprentices have gone under there, Waterdeep comes along and is built up on top of that and adventurers start going down there. And one person that returned was Durin, the innkeep. And... Mm-hmm very successfully decided to just build a tavern on top of where the tower used to be and mm-hmm. i just i just was like oh because i didn't really know of his history as a player and it t- there's a little mm. bit of digital history does talks a bit about his other uh, history which i won't go into because i could be minus points i didn't, certainly didn't know about it when i was reading it yeah. and i just thought that was really cool and so yeah and he says like oh if you want to know more like like we're saying go look at the water deep stuff go look at this and it's just like it instantly makes it feel so much more real and I, we've already said this i know but it just felt ooh. That's really cool because like everyone knows what the Yawning Portal is, but you might not know the history of it. Like again, mm-hmm. oh, what's this big well for? Yeah. Like, oh, well, and you, and you could just describe us as, as a sort of coming in from another adventure. You just see someone going, "Bye, I'm off yeah. down to the mountain," and everyone's yeah. going, "Yay!" They're not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or even the other way that you see someone coming up, dragging the corpse of his mate, <laughs> just like you know, you as you step into the tavern, you see these hands coming up, and pulling themselves up, just like. Yeah, because yeah, yeah Duran has um, priests of Timora that he just pays around so that someone could go over. Oh gosh, and then they yeah, can heal you. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's get you back up. But yeah. one thing I did want to say, so yeah, because he, he lures, he lowers them down and brings them back up. And he, but he was like, "Do you have a gold coin to come back up?" He goes, "There are people behind me. Do you have a gold?" Oh, so I just <laughs> so again, I like that idea. You come in and he's like, "Look, it's a gold piece to go to come back up." I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be Six with you. I'll be with you one yeah. yeah. Just sit down, uh, download the app, and we'll order your food. <laughs> yeah, we take PayPal. We take PayPal. Um, it's very, yeah, it's quite a, a brutal uh, business, really, because, um, yeah, there can be deaf tyrants chasing you, but uh, you've got to have your gold coin. Because then they say, like, oh, well, you know, if you could forfeit something else that comes up in a bucket first. And in, again, just to say, in Dungeon of Mad Mage, it says, oh, it takes 10 rounds to get from the top to the bottom. So you can imagine, like, if you're struggling to get back up and there's just shooting stuff and all that sort of thing, it's, oh, yeah. it can be quite fun. Well, there you have it. That is Up the Mountain. Yeah. So much. I, it's a really interesting one, I guess, because weirdly, like we said, like it's obviously it's about a dungeon, but mm-hmm. often 
I'd say my games don't feature dungeons that much. Like again, oh, it's yeah. like it's a ten room something like this was yeah. really interesting, and just I think the history of it and the sort of like just it really intrigues you, and so I do want to run it in some capacity now. I think there's so much to it, and like you said, just being able to take rooms and just put them anywhere, and then suddenly yeah. like oh, you go through a portal, you go through a gate, you're now in under mountain. Just to yeah. To, again, yeah, you could just, just do one. Bit. Yeah, you could just do one level of it, and then they manage to get out again. And you're like, well, yeah. where is that dungeon? Oh well, you'll never yeah. know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's yeah. I think it is a great dungeon source book. Even if you never go to Fabrew, never go to bed, you will pull stuff out of this. It's worth it as a DM. Five dollars on drive through. Just use it as a dungeon room generator, and you'll put you'll find some fun in there because there'll be an NPC in there who you'll have a lot of time with. Your players will grow attached to, and then you've got a little campaign from there. Yeah, brilliant. Well, thank you yeah. so much, Rob. And yeah, so what are you up to? Any Anything you'd like to plug? At the moment, still Realm of Fire is in a little bit of hiatus at the moment. We will be back. We've got a lot of content, just waiting for editing and stuff. Uh, plugging? No, not really. I would recommend that everyone watches the film Metal Lord. Um, that awesome. features a D&D cameo. It's on Netflix. Very funny. Mm. Very funny film. And it's got a little bit of D&D in it. But no, not really. Sorry, I should. I really should like have something to plug. But if people want to chat to you more about D and D, where can they find you? If you're on social media, or where's the best place to contact you? Um, uh, I'm on Discord mainly. I don't use Twitter and that. Instagram on uh, Realm of Fire podcast, a lot of underscores. And on Discord, I'm usually on the Full Metal RPG one or the Grognard files. You'll find me there under Rob or Jelly Rovers, depending but that's about it really how about you fiona what are you up to what's what's your what, what how is the what am i rolling podcast going uh yes it's uh what one of my rolling podcasts is the podcast that i run i don't know why that sounded really weird uh i'm the host of it it's a twice monthly rpg one-shot podcast as always it's going very well we've got uh, some solo rpgs coming out just now we've got numenera is it's scheduled it's coming out it's it's definitely happening because <laughs> rob very kindly gm that for us um we've got interviews with game designers mostly uh free league just now which is mm. very exciting i really enjoyed those and yeah so if you wanted to know about different systems and different ways to play and different ways to talk about stories and do storytelling to go check that out uh, so that's one of my rolling which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts and finally uh you that uh, we have an offer code uh, 10% off at third space gaming in burnley your friendly local game store and you type to the Oh, if you type in DMDC into offer code, I don't know. I, words have just failed me right at the end. Yeah. If you type in the offer code DMDC into checkout, yep, boop, 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 you get 10% off your first order, whether that is some terrain, maybe there's some Warhammer stuff you'd be interested in, some paints, some D&D books or some solo RPGs. You should go check them out because they're really lovely people and they sponsor the show. And with that, thank you, Rob, once again for taking us to yet another campaign setting. I'm sure we'll yeah. be back again with even Where more campaigns. Where are we going next? Oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll have to discuss that off podcast because yeah. I don't know about you, but reading lots of campaign boxes is wonderful, but it's very time consuming. <laughs> this is meant to be fun. It, it is fun. Don't, <laughs> right, quick, to Hollow World. No. <laughs> thank you so much for yeah. listening. I will no speak to you, hear to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, drink water, bye. Bye, drink water. <laughs>